Hello and welcome back to the Waco Tribune Herald Super Syntex Friday Night Lights podcast. I'm Chad Conine along with Trip Sports Editor Bryce Cherry. How's it going today, Bryce? Going well. Be going better if the Astros can uh, tie it up tonight. Yeah, it was uh, kind of painless pretty quick, or painful pretty quick last night, wasn't it? That, yeah. You know what? Uh, before we get into any high school football stuff, since you brought that Astros stuff out and you've got rocket stuff behind you, that, that old style, good looking rocket stuff, when they were painting the crowd, uh, and I've seen you wear this logo before, that kind of like broken star logo that the Astros had for about maybe close to a decade, if not more. Yeah, you know, probably and, about 15 years. Yeah, and the red and black lo- logo of that. And I saw a dude with like a gray jersey with a gold broken star. And I'm just like, man, they have such a good look now and had such a good look in the 80s and 90s. Why would you go back to that? But Well, I mean, I've got some of that gear as well and will wear it on occasion when my other Astro stuff is probably needing to be laundered. So I get it. <laughs> Maybe it was laundry day for, for homeboy. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know it's laundry day at the, at the Cherry household is they're wearing older, less less attractive Astros and Rockets gear. Yes, this is true. Uh, I can promise you, it would have to. I'd have to get pretty deep into the laundry to wear those Rocket pajama uniforms. <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting there watching the World Series game last night, and my mom texts me that uh, my nephew Eli Cockrell had a pick six, and they won their first game of the season. He's a seventh grader at Granbury Middle School. And so I, call, I texted him, he texted me back. So then I called him and I said, okay, Eli, tell me about the play. What happened? And he, I said, were you playing corner or safety? He said, I was playing safety. And they ran trips on the left side, the far left side from his standpoint. And the inside receiver went in motion from the left to the right. And he said, so I followed him over there. And then they snapped the ball and the quarterback overthrew this receiver that he was covering right to him. He caught it. Had nothing but green in front of him. We wouldn't score a touchdown. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's a self indulgent intro for me to talk about my nephew and his pick six. But it brings us to a topic. Uh, so, like, if you said home run or dunk or a question mark, what's the best moment on a football field? You know, the 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 thing that kind of compares to hitting a home run in baseball. For me, uh, it's the lateral. Okay. Um, when the lateral comes out, that is when chicanery, uh, unfolds. And I am all about chicanery and uh, it doesn't matter if it's a flea flicker. It doesn't matter if it's a, an option pitch or like a, you know, a trick play, uh, but the absolute best, uh, series of laterals or at the end of a game where you got nothing else to do but start pitching it around and trying to score. And so recently, uh, I was watching an NFL game, and uh, they pulled off a pretty good flea flicker, and it got me on YouTube watching crazy lateral plays. And, and I was just like, this is the greatest thing that happens in football. Um, it, it feels very rugby-like. I probably am a closet rugby fan and don't even know it. But 
Um, or if you were born on another continent, you might be a rugby yeah. fan. And um, obviously some of the greatest plays in football history or most memorable were, were lateral plays like um, Randy Moss's little, you know, kind of uh, no-look pass that he did when he caught a long pass and then pitched it to another guy. Uh, obviously, um, you know, there's hook and ladders like the Boise State against mm-hmm. Oklahoma. But mm-hmm. – one of the greatest ever was here in Texas about a decade ago. And this is a good tie in for uh, Central Texas high school football. It was Trinity University uh, down in San Antonio playing um, some school in Mississippi. And um, they called it, I think, the Mississippi Miracle. Trinity mm. was down. And I want to still say it's maybe the most number of laterals that have ever worked. It was, it was an insane amount. I think I've just pulled it up on Wikipedia, but anyway, I remember after they pulled that off and won the game, I wrote a follow-up story or a column or something. Cause two mm. central Texas kids were on that Trinity, Trinity uh, roster that were involved in the laterals. One of them was Brandon Maddox from China spring. And the mm-hmm. other was Josh Hooten, who I believe was an offensive lineman from Robinson and, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, they were like, you know, we practice this kind of thing, but that was just schoolyard, you know, uh, Im- improv basically. And it, that's what a lateral kind of is, is, is football improv. There's so much that's scripted and, and, you know, you, you script out the first 15 plays of the game. Once the lateral comes out, all, uh, <laughs> everything's off the page. Now, it's an interesting direction you took that, right? Because I'm talking about like a big momentum change of play, which that can be, right? But so you took like... It's the most fun thing in football. Sure, right. But but you took Cal Stanford, like you took like what's the dunk or home run, right? And you answered with like, what's the Kirk Gibson home run of football? Yeah, it's Cal Stanford probably. I mean... yeah. um, you know, running over the tuba player. That's just a, that's a, that's an iconic moment. Right. 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 I, I wasn't necessarily going for iconic, but it's okay. I'm glad you took it there. It was interesting. And you tied it in the central Texas. Um, by the way, is Kurt Gibson's home run, the most iconic run home run in our lifetimes? In baseball? Wow. Uh, it's certainly up there. Joe Carter. Joe Carter. Uh, I mean, yeah. you're talking about winning the world series on a home run. Uh, right. I'll never forget that call. The, the announcer said, touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger <laughs> one in your life. I mean, that was pretty good. Right, right, right. Um, you know, I, re- I really like the pick six as a momentum turner. Um, football doesn't necessarily lend itself to the dunk or the home run uh, because it's, you know, so many people have to, you know, when a wide receiver gets open in the secondary or at least has a couple of steps on a guy and they throw the bomb and they score a touchdown that way, that's that's kind of the same thing, you know. It's kind of that yeah. huge breakaway play. Uh, Hail Mary is pretty good. A successful Hail Mary is, is Oh, good. yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I forgot about the Hail Mary. That's a good one, too. And then, um, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, within a, a given play, I love 
a running back or receiver juking somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can watch Barry Sanders highlights all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, um, let's uh, transition because this next question is going to take a second. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. It's time for a draft. I and mean, we've done this before uh, with different um, – in different ways. But let's just do it straight up. We're each going to take three teams. You can take any three teams in our area. In fact, yeah, well – I was about to name a couple that I was going to encourage you to take, but there was no reason to be disparaging towards anyone in that way. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, each, we'll each pick three teams and whoever's squad uh, posts the best playoff record wins. Okay. I like and, it. And I don't think I paid you off for the last one. So maybe we're going double or nothing on this one. Okay. But uh, you can have the first pick. Who are you taking? All right. So. Uh, We're snaking it, by the way, so you better pick good because I get two in a row. Yeah. Well, I'm still picking good. Um, We've said all year that I feel like there's two teams out there in Central Texas that feel like state championship locks. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to take one of those two, and I feel like you're going to take one of the other two. Okay. And – I'm going to start with Live Oak. Yep, I, I feel I feel like they're they're money this year. I think I don't. It doesn't look like they're going to be beaten. Yeah, uh, that that was the conventional wisdom first pick for sure. Yeah. So then I'll take Mart, and now it gets tricky, right? It does. You know. You know what? You might have missed pick though just now because. How many playoff games does Live Oak have to win to win the state championship? True. Fewer, fewer number. Uh, the, the good thing is I don't feel like I'm going to get a loss. <laughs> you know? so right. right. Oh, so I, we, I, we're going on winning percentage then. Well, I mean, we can do it however we want. But <laughs> you, I, it's your game, so. Okay. All right. Well, I'm taking Mart. And then this next pick becomes a little bit more difficult. So you have to ask yourself, who has the chance to go the farthest? Right. Right. Uh, Gosh, it's a tough one. I think, you know what? I think, I think Abbott would beat a game, would would beat Jonesboro in a game. So I'm going to take Abbott because I think, I think they can get further. So I wrote down seven schools for this little game. Yeah. Um, and I had Live Oak, Mart, Abbott. So, <laughs> uh, well, so you're, I think conventional wisdom is holding true here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're on the same page. I thought, okay, you, so would, I thought you would bag me uh, for taking another six man school so early, but. Uh, well, uh, I'm trying to win, you know. So, are we going chalk or you got it at number four? So, at number four, I'm going with the China Spring Cougars. Um, I feel like they're playing very, very well, uh, coming off a great playoff run that they should have certainly learned from and hopefully can, you know, replicate. Um, so, I feel like Brian's Bell, Brian Bell's team is is destined for a pretty deep playoff run this year. Uh, will they win state? I mean, they got a shot. 
Um, no, I think they're going to play. I think they're going to play in the state championship game in round four. That's what I think. In Carthage. Yeah. yeah. Well, not in Carthage, but I mean, play but like in that yeah. matchup, trying to spot yeah. Carthage. Yeah. Yeah. So now I get two in a row, correct? Yep. So wait. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is your last. This is your last one. Last so you pick. Make count. All right. So I got three teams I could choose from here. I could talk them out, but I don't want it. Well, I could talk them out. You're. It doesn't you know, matter. You, you, you know who's pick good. One and I get, you know yeah. who's good out there. So I'm choosing between these three. I'm choosing between West, mm-hmm. Jonesboro, who you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and Lorena. And I think I'll go with the Leopards. Uh, again, a team that is looking pretty strong, uh, you know, obviously took a couple losses earlier in the year against some pretty good 4A teams. Uh, well, one of those teams, one of the teams they lost to was a 3A team, Franklin, and then they lost, right. lost to China Spring. Um, but I think Ray Biles' team is peaking in the right direction and really just solid in all phases of the game. I mean, you've, got, you've gotten to see them play. I mean, don't you think they can make a, a good run? Yeah, you know, as much as we've written about their offensive guys, uh, their defense is really good. I mean, Joe Cutshaw just took a running back and just tossed him to the ground the other day. You know, it was like, that's not a penalty, but it feels like it should be. <laughs> yeah, that's like man against boy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so my third pick, this is my third team, right? I don't um, – I didn't think of this one, like, right off the bat. And for some reason, uh, they weren't on your list. But I'm not – I mean, I'm not finding fault with it. But I think I'm getting a really good third pick in the Crawford Pirates. Yes. And actually, that was a team I did consider. I just – I just when I got to seven, I was like, I'm not going to have to pick beyond that. Uh, right. And honestly, right, right. In, in hindsight – I think Crawford can probably go deeper than West. Um, but I haven't broken down those brackets and looked ahead. But Crawford coming off a state semifinal, you know, year. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, they did lose some pretty good seniors off that team. But, um, again, playing very, very well and, um, you know, hasn't, hasn't yeah. lost. Yeah, and that, that's one I have not got to see play yet this year. Um but I have a feeling I will before it's all said and done. That yeah. they've got, I don't know how many uh, of the last 10 Thanksgivings I've seen Crawford play a football game, but. Yeah, you could probably chalk that up right now if you want to. I mean, that would be. Right. They'll be yeah. playing. They'll be playing yeah. Thanksgiving week. They'll be playing somewhere. Um, well, before we get to the playoffs, uh, we still got two weeks remaining in the regular season. I told you I'm going to switch up our usual routine and I'm going to do our playoff scenario column for Friday this week. Um, just I feel like, uh, I think last week I even said to myself, this is too late in the game to do this. This is not interesting. You know, it's all decided. Right. Uh, so, um, so okay, and we're going to have a lot of clinching going on on Friday night, you know, like we're going to be, uh, we're going to be like clinching like a group of people that went to Mexico and drank the water, you know? Yikes. <laughs> uh... That was just inappropriate. <laughs> and that's clinching, not clinching. 
<laughs> two different verbs <laughs> here on our grammar podcast. Uh, you know, um, I, this is way off topic, but I don't care. I, I heard somewhere, I think it was actually on the Office Ladies podcast, that at once upon a time, um, leading psychologists believed that the overuse of puns was an indication of insanity. Well, to, to be fair to those of us who might be prone to puns. Pun prone? Pun prone. Um, not all those insane people. Maybe, maybe this is right, because you probably have to be insane to work in newspapers <clears throat> and <laughs> write headlines for a living and that kind of thing, because puns work in headlines. Right, 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 right. Um, and maybe I, I started thinking about that. Maybe that's where the no pun intended phrase came from. You know, it's like, it's like. Uh, you're trying to, you, you're trying you make to say, look, I'm not crazy. Right, exactly, exactly. I realize this sounds cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so, boy, we, we veered off topic there hard. Uh, but. We've both covered high school football for a long time, since before four teams made the playoffs. I think – I remember I was maybe – might have been a sophomore or junior in college when they went to from two to three teams. You might have been early on at the Trib or at the mm. Brenham newspaper. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly when that was, but uh, that sounds about right that – uh, maybe late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I started at the trip in 98. So it's, it's somewhere in that vicinity. I just remember thinking a few years after I graduated that, man, well, that's just a, you know, hand me out, you know, hand out to uh, playoff trips. If you're going to let three teams go. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but do you think, I mean, do you feel how it's changed? The, I mean, it's obviously changed the landscape. There's no question about that. But do you sense ways in which it's changed the landscape when we get to, you know, week 10 out of 11 week regular season like we are right now? Yeah, I do think it has sucked a little of the drama out of the end of the regular season, which is unfortunate because uh, I, I appreciate essentially that early start to the playoffs, which is basically play-in games for the playoffs. I mean, basically, you got two teams coming down to the wire and, you know, the, the winner makes the playoffs, the loser goes home. We still have those games, uh, but is it as dramatic when it's for fourth place? Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I agree with you. I remember when we went from two to three, I think, I, I think I, it was around that time that we talked about. And I, I remember uh, our good friend, David G Campbell, who used to work at the trib and uh, mm-hmm. in college station for a long time. Um, he was one of those sort of old school guys. that was like, Oh my gosh, three teams. Are you kidding? You know, really railing against it a little bit. And in hindsight, now I feel like three is sort of a good compromise. Let's go back to three because four really does feel like too many in a lot of cases because um, 
especially when you have five and 16 districts uh, where four teams make the playoffs. Um, it's just like, well, you're basically letting everybody in. You get a lot of three and seven playoff teams. And is that good for anyone? And when they opened it up really to four, a, I mean, uh, two a and up all have four teams making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It was like, yikes, because, um, some of those lower levels, if you're a fourth place two a team, you can have some pretty bad teams making the playoffs. And, 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 mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter what level it is. I mean, a lot of times those fourth place teams aren't very good. Now there are districts where that is the exception. Um, and, and you have stacked districts. I mean, that's always going to happen, but I think more often than not, you get a lot of really lopsided one versus four matchups in the by district round. Yeah. I think potentially our best fourth place playoff team this year might be like the Hamilton Bulldogs or somebody like that. Um, you mentioned uh, on, on Friday, one of the things I found last night is that Mejia won one game, is playing Bullard, who has won zero games. And the winner of that game in that five-team district is going to the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and I believe there was a district in Houston uh, a year or two ago where an 0-10 team got into the playoffs and – I mean, because that's of, yeah. the most yeah. baffling thing ever. But uh, <laughs> it was a case of I think one of the other teams in the district had to had to call it season for some reason or whatever. But um, right. But yeah, I mean, it was a big story because it was like, oh, this this they were the shining example of mm -hmm. you know what's wrong with high school football and. Um, and obviously, I think they were sheepish and sort of embarrassed about the whole thing, too. It was like, look, we realize we're not very good, but what are we supposed to do? Like, yeah, you're, you're out the door on the way to basketball practice, and they say, hold on, hold on, come back, come back. <laughs> uh, well, in my column that I write for Friday, and I started to work out some of the things, and I've decided some of these games, I'm, instead of calling them, you know, for a playoff berth, I'm going to kind of put a little bit of a negative spin on it and say they're elimination games. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, you can call them play-in games. You can call them elimination games, uh, you know, pre-playoff games. Um, you know, anytime essentially you're playing for a spot. I mean, uh, one team's going home, one team's moving on. And so mm -hmm. elimination game is totally fair. That's all a playoff game really is, is – you know, well, one, that's true. one elimination game after another. Well, and, and, and that brings us back to a point that I always make when people talk about four teams in the playoffs and they try to uh, talk about that it's ruined high school football. And, you know, I don't think it has, but here's the thing. That second week of the playoffs is as if only two teams made the playoffs, you know? Correct. And when you get into the second week and beyond, mm -hmm. you do not have to look far for, for great matchups. Mm -hmm. And um, you and I have said it for years. Once you get to Thanksgiving week, 
mm-hmm. you know, I don't care what level you're on, 1A through 6A, if you've gotten to Thanksgiving week, you have done something. You've, you've had a good season. Well, and like uh, Shane Anderson at Connolly, you know, put that as one of his main goals. He put it uh, as a goal for Midway this year. They mm-hmm. had, you know, goal A, goal B, goal three, you know, and, and one of the things was uh, play, practice on Thanksgiving. Practice on Thanksgiving. And um, <laughs> I'll never forget uh, Cooper, my son, who's, you know, a junior at Midway. Uh, he, we were talking about Thanksgiving plans at one point and he goes, well, we're, we're, uh, I think, supposed to be like um practicing that week dad and i said no son no you're not <laughs> I, said, I said you realize that that is not only in the playoffs that's a few weeks into the playoffs <laughs> oh okay <laughs> hey midway still got that in front of them you know if they could beat cedar hill friday night then beat Legacy, uh, yeah, Legacy, Lake, Lake Ridge. Ridge, Lake Ridge. They still need some help, but wow, I can't believe they in front of a, them. I can't believe it's still a mathematical possibility. Uh, they what they need is to beat Cedar Hill and have Mansfield tank. Okay, so it's a lot to um, ask. It's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask, uh, and I'm not going to lose much sleep over it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a likely scenario. And, um, you know, let's just face it. I think we've talked about it before on the pod, but uh, Shane Anderson had a had a tough job coming in here midsummer, and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to lead him to the playoffs in this district this year with, with the talent he had. I mean, uh, they were – he was behind the eight ball from the moment he got there because, you know – he's having to install everything on the fly. So. Yeah. Well, I keep telling people when they ask me about midway, which people either ask me about midway or they ask me about Texas tech football. And so (laughs) I talk a lot about those things. Um, Midway's got two things that it's got to get that. Well, not get right, but just two things need to happen for midway between now and next fall. And this is the same for Waco high too. Maybe the same for university, maybe all three of them. Every kid that stays in the program, and maybe they need to make the make it hard enough to where not every kid stays in the program, you know, just in terms of work and, and getting better. But every kid in the program that suits up next August for preseason practice has to get 10 to 20, 20% better, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I know that last fall after Midway's – first year in 11-6A with Duncanville and DeSoto and Mm -hmm. all these teams that that really was an emphasis among the old coaching staff led by Jeff Hume was that they were like, look, guys, what we did this year, that's not going to cut it in this district. And um, But, I mean, you can work and you can work and you can work, but are you going to grow six inches? Are you going to get – half a second faster i mean well you know i i don't know that given that they were going to be playing in the same district i think they're i don't want to be too critical but i think there might have been kind of a lack of motivation among 
some of the midway returning players in the last offseason. Now, I don't want to paint everybody with the same brush. I'm sure some kids worked really hard. So I won't go any further into that. But the other thing besides everybody in the program getting 10 to 20% better between now and next year, and like I said, this goes from Midway, Wake Ohio University, pretty much any team that didn't want to have the season that they had, you know, that is that. The other thing is that, that they need to be in a different district or hope to be in a different district, you know. And it looks like Wake Ohio is going to be what I'm hearing is that Wake Ohio might even go down to 5AD2. Wow. Uh, it's a big drop. I mean, they were only 6A by three students, and we've mm-hmm. covered that before. Uh, so I think they're pretty much guaranteed to be in one of those two 5A divisions. But, mm-hmm. uh, but wow, I didn't know they had dropped quite that far. Uh, we'll be, of course, talking more realignment as we go forward. You know, those numbers will start popping up and we'll have, you know, some talk about that. But, but uh, yes, I think there's a pretty uh, good likelihood that Waco High, Midway are both in different districts uh, next year, different classifications. I mm-hmm. think Midway will probably end up in a familiar spot back with Belton and Temple. And, uh, you know, although I think Belton may be going down to 5A. So Midway may be taking Belton's spot in that that old district. But the Temple and Bryan and the Colleen schools. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no end of stuff to talk about. As but there is know, an end to the podcast. There is an end to the podcast. So we'll see you next week. All right.